Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. I'm going to start today's episode off by first heading over to the Chicago Bears minicamp, where probably the biggest news of any minicamp this offseason is that Bears head coach Matt Nagy came out today and publicly said that Justin Fields will not start the season over Andy Dalton, that they are sticking with their plan and going to have Andy Dalton start week one. Now, for any Chicago Bears fans or football fans who have been listening to the podcast as of late, you will know that I have been very high on Justin Fields. I have been reporting all the information uh, of how well he's been doing in camp. This statement by Matt Nagy does not mean that Justin Fields is not going to start at all this season. Matter of fact, I think that Justin Fields will probably be starting week two. Uh, There's just certain things that happen when teams sign free agents, especially free agent quarterbacks. They might promise, hey, you're our starting quarterback come week one. And... If, if these teams don't keep their promise, they, they kind of lose credibility with free agents and with agents who, like actual uh, player agents who really had their guy sign with that team, believing that he was going to be the starter. And... You know, maybe the Bears could have, I, I, I see the Bears saying, because back when they first signed Andy Dalton, they said, Andy Dalton is our starter come week one, or is our starter at as of right now, which that pretty much just means exactly what, what, what it is. Andy Dalton, as of right now, is the starter for week one. Now, he could have been promised behind the scenes that, he was going to start week one. And I had, if I had to guess, that is what happened. They probably are going to throw him to the fire because he's going to be going up against the L.A. Rams. Jalen Ramsey, who's really looking forward to shutting down Mooney uh, from the Bears, the wide receiver. And I would not be shocked if they are kind the bears are just maybe making sure that they're going to sit Justin Fields for that game to kind of protect him like mentally you don't you don't want your franchise quarterback to be like assaulted just destroyed in his first game it can for for a lot of guys that can scare them and some doubt can creep into them. I'm blanking on the 49ers head coach, but if you haven't seen the Brady Six documentary, it's a or a 30 for 30, uh, the year of the quarterback, the Brady Six. I highly suggest uh, watching it. And blanking on the coach's name, but the 49ers head coach had said how their quarterback that they had drafted, Giovanni Carmazzi, in his first preseason game, 
was getting lit up. There's a Hall of Fame game against the Patriots, too. Uh, he was getting destroyed, and he believes that some doubt crept in into Geo's mindset, and he he probably thought that he couldn't do it, that he wasn't cut out for the NFL. So I'm not saying Justin Fields can't take that sort of abuse. I'm just saying that most NFL teams don't want to throw their potential future face of the franchise into combat against the number one ranked defense from the previous year. I do believe that everything out of the Bears May camp based on Justin Fields of how he's performing at a very high level is true. And I think the players know it. And don't be shocked if all of a sudden during preseason, Justin Fields looks like the better quarterback. But Matt Nagy will probably still end up starting Andy Dalton. And it's because he's probably doing the smart thing. You don't want your rookie quarterback to go up against the Rams. I would not want my quarterback going like I want one Trevor Lawrence going up against Aaron Donald to start his career. I want one Justin Fields. I want one Zach Wilson. I want one Trey Lance. I want one any starting quarterback to have to worry about Aaron Donald and that defense on the first or in the first game. Not to mention if you're able to get the ball off, which he he will here and there, Andy Dalton will or Justin Fields, if he ends up starting. He'll get the ball off here and there, but then you got to worry about Jalen Ramsey maybe picking it off. I mean, it is... I, I think the risk of starting Justin Fields week one is too high just for the possibility of him maybe not mentally not being able to handle it. And like I said, I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying there have been players in the past that coaches have felt their first game ruined them. And I, I don't want to see that happen to Justin Fields. I think he's going to be a tremendous quarterback for the uh, Chicago Bears. I do think that come week two – because I have the Rams. Spoiler alert, the Rams are winning that game. I have the Rams easily beating the Chicago Bears. That is my easiest prediction for week one, barring any Matthew Stafford injury, because Stafford is definitely a huge upgrade over Jared Goff. And quite frankly, if, if I had a million dollars and... I, I would be putting it down on the Bears to lose that game. Um, now, the Week 2 matchup for the Bears is definitely no easy game either. But at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked if come Week 2, they say we're going to be starting Justin Fields. Or maybe even... At the uh, end of the game, or at at the end of the game, he gets some snaps and at quarterback 
against the Rams may second strings because I do think the Rams are going to end up blowing the Bears off the field. Blowing them out of the water, sorry. Um, but week two, they face the Bengals. Yeah, the Bengals are a pretty solid up-and-coming football team, but they're nothing that scare you. I think their defense will definitely make it easy for whoever's at quarterback to make plays, and I think that would be a good time to start Justin Fields. Put him in against a kind of vanilla Bengals defense. Sorry, Bengals fans. Uh, But a vanilla defense and just let him play his style football. Sure, Matt Nagy has certain plays in place that he can't wait to use with Justin Fields in at quarterback. And I think that the home opener week two for the Bears would be a great introduction for Justin Fields as the starting quarterback. Your first game in Soldier Field, a very historic field against the Bengals, who, not saying they're going to be bad this year, I don't have them doing that great. With Joe Burrow, a very good quarterback at the helm, but he's coming back from an injury. We don't know how well he's going to be playing the first couple of weeks. I think it would be a great game for Justin Fields to start. And the potential for success right out of the gate is higher with the Bengals than with the Rams. So I would not be shocked if they let him sit one game. A la facing the LA Rams. And then... Maybe at the end of the game, get him in for some reps. You know, get let him get a few looks just to see what it's like in garbage time. And then week come week two, Matt Nagy. Uh, mark my words, Matt Nagy's gonna come out at the end or leading into week two, saying we're gonna be starting Justin Fields at quarterback. Yada yada yada. And then Justin Fields is gonna come out week two and tear up the Bengals defense. And it's going to give him some confidence. I I think it would be a great idea. Now, week three, it's going to be hard for Justin Fields. But by that time, the fan base is going to be excited. They're going to want to see more of him. He's going to be facing the Browns, where I don't think the Bears are going to beat the Browns. Come week three, he'll be facing the Lions. I think it'll be an easy game that they'll win uh, as long as they don't bite off his kneecaps. Uh, week four Raiders good game I think it would be a good game for both teams week five against the Packers of course if Aaron Rodgers is there it's going to be a very hard game no matter what I think it's going to be a hard game because the Bears and Packers have always played each other very well usually the Packers come out on top but who knows Bears could be looking rough and tough at that moment And I think that the Bears are playing the smart. Yes, they may have upset some fans, some fans that don't really show all that much attention to the sport by saying, oh, you know, Justin Fields isn't going to start week one. And certain fans are probably like, well, why did we draft him 
with the first overall pick? Why'd we trade up for him? It's like some of these players, you, you don't want to be starting immediately. I mean, for all we know, Patrick Mahomes, if he didn't sit that first year, may have been awful. And I know that I want us all to think about that. Imagine if Patrick Mahomes was more Marcus Mariota. Think about that for a second. If he was like, yeah, he looked good. Marcus Mariota looked solid his first year or two, but then just wasn't anything like special, special. Imagine if that's what Patrick Mahomes was. That one year of sitting definitely helped him. He definitely was able to learn some more stuff. And I'm not saying that Justin Fields is going to sit the entire year. I think it's good that it it might be good that Trey Lance sits the entire year because I think he needs more time to develop than any quarterback that's coming into the league this year. Granted, I could be wrong, but as I saw it, Zach Wilson was my number one quarterback. Trevor Lawrence on quick number two right behind him. Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance. It's in that order. And Mac Jones, I just have being at four, like I've said before, because I think he was the most pro-ready. But I think his ceiling is Matt Ryan, and I think his floor is Jimmy Garoppolo, which, don't get me wrong, both players, not bad at all. We all know that Bill Belichick loved Jimmy Garoppolo. But that being said, I, I just think that these players ahead of him that I stated are better. And yeah, that that's pretty much how I feel. Uh, when we return, we will be talking about the... Uh, <laughs> The Odell Beckham Jr. X-Factor for the Cleveland Browns when we return after this. Welcome back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. Now, I teased before we went to break that we'd be talking about the Odell Beckham Jr. and being a potential X-factor in this upcoming season. The reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I've read an article about how a healthy OBJ is the Browns' X-factor. And he is. He definitely is. But I think he's an X-factor in ways that they didn't really see. As someone who studied every week's game film, every week last season, I watched every single game, studied the film, watched the coaches' film, and broke down games. That is how I got my record of 182-73-1 in game predictions, which would, would lead the nation, actually. If I was with a major company like ESPN, I would have beat out Matt Bowen, who had 176 wins. That's beside the point, though. My whole thing with this OBJ situation is that Odell Beckham Jr. can be an X-factor to the Browns in so many different ways. One, he can return 
healthy and we can see what all Browns fans were expecting to get from Odell Beckham Jr., which was the Giants version of OBJ. The OBJ that made the crazy catch over Brandon Carr, who would routinely take balls 75 yards to the house. That would be the best option for multiple reasons. One, if they're doing very good, then they keep him and they then they ride him out and they make him run for the Super Bowl. I think if they have a very healthy OBJ, that they will be the scariest team in the AFC. And that would mean that they would be scarier than the Indianapolis Colts, who I said were potentially one of the best dark horses for the Super Bowl. That would be they would beat out the Kansas City Chiefs for me. They would beat out every team really. They would beat out the Titans. Uh, because there's one thing that every Titans fans, I, I want you to realize, yes, you got Julio Jones, and I've talked about this before, but the Titans. You guys' best best offensive back is Janoris Jenkins, who last year was a mid-tier defensive back on a very good Saints defense that helped him out a lot. So, Titans fans, I don't think you'd be competition for the Cleveland Browns, especially with a... Very healthy Obel Be- or o- Odell Beckham Jr. But let's say he's just okay. And he they're kind of having to limit his snaps because he's kind of getting fussy and everything. Okay. The reason why he's an X-Factor number two. If that's the case, the Browns could trade him. Now... I'm not saying they're going to get uh, a whole lot back for him. I think a second-round pick would be the ceiling. But maybe you get a second-round pick, or maybe you trade him straight up for some depth players. Because the Browns do have a very good offense right now. OBJ missed a lot of time last year, and they flourished without him. Now... I don't think this would be the best decision, but if let's say if they're kind of middle of the pack at the end of the se- or halfway through the season, right before the trade deadline, and they aren't sure if they're going to be going to the playoffs or not, if I'm the Cleveland Browns, I am trading OBJ. Get as much draft compensation that you can. And at that point, if you're not doing that great, hopefully he's hopefully he's going off so that way he you guys can trade him for at least a two, maybe even a one. And now, like like I've said, I've, I think the Browns are going to do very well this year. They have a very scary team under management of Andrew Barry and head coach Kevin Stefanski, which... I, I can genuinely say I was a little shocked at how good Kevin Stefanski did, but I think that Baker Mayfield is really going to flourish in his system. I mean, I, I could just see the Browns making a serious run at the Super Bowl. Now, 
The third X factor is, and this would be the the worst case scenario, is that, well, he's not even an X factor at this point, I should say, would be if he got injured or if he just was meh. And for those who just don't know what meh means, it means meh. And like, it's not that good. Meh. But, and if that's the case, I don't think that's going to happen. But if that happens, then that would be awful. The Browns would have totally lost on that OBJ trade. And it, it would just be devastating, in my opinion, to Browns fans. I mean, that that would suck to know that you didn't really get anything out of OBJ. But if I had to guess, he is going to return healthy and he's going to play lights out. I I still remember watching the film of the first couple weeks when he was healthy and especially against the Ravens. I think it was the week one game against the Ravens where he didn't catch a lot of balls, but there was a lot. There was, I think, three pass interferences on the defense for holding him or some sort of stuff that was going on where the refs just had to keep throwing flags because they were holding him. They were holding OBJ. It, unnecessary roughness. It was all that. They were not letting OBJ get one-on-one matchups. And I can genuinely say that Ravens fans, yes, you guys, I believe it was the week one matchup. Yes, the Ravens destroyed the Browns. But if you go back and watch that film, and and I do encourage anyone who has the time and is a big football fan to go back and watch that film, especially if you're a Browns fan. Though the things that caused that game to be such a one-sided affair was the fact that there was just so many balls that were getting bounced in the Ravens' favor. I think there was a like a tip two or three tipped interceptions. Uh I know that there was a strip that was very it, it, it was well played, but it it's just it was just too many lucky plays coming towards the side of the Ravens. And it happens. I mean, yeah, be able to adjust and rebound from that. But the certain teams can't do that as often. You know, like for instance, the Patriots were able to bounce back from twenty-eight to three. Not every team could do that. I would say probably no quarterback other than Tom Brady could do that. And yes, that is me showing love to the best to ever lace him up. But I do believe that OBJ will return to good health. I think that he will light up defenses. And if he's able to stay healthy, if... I want y'all to think about this. The Browns have Nick Chubb. They have OBJ. They have Kareem Hunt. They have probably their best wide receiver in Jarvis Landry. 
who's like the heart and soul of that offense. They have Austin Hooper. They have David Njoku. I, I can't even think of like who else that I'm missing right now, but they have some damn good weapons. They have one of the best offensive lines in football. Their offense is deadly. Their defense, Miles Garrett, Jadavion Clowney, Collins, their new draft pick. Their team, I mean, they stole Jeremiah Wusu in the second round of this past draft. They they have Denzel Ward. I mean, they got John Johnson the third, the the best safety to come out of the free agency this past year. They have Grant Delpit. I mean, they their team as they granted my whole thing with teams usually is have a lot of depth, but I believe the Browns starting off, starting offense and defense is pretty goddamn scary. I think it's scary enough to compete with the Kansas City Chiefs, and we'll just have to wait and see on what happens. But we're going to go to a short commercial break. When we return, we will be talking about some news and some hype coming out of the New England Patriots training camp. When we return after this. Welcome back. This is the Football News and Knowledge Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Bell. Now... There's been some hype coming out of the New England Patriots training camp or mini camp based on around Bill Belichick hyping up Cam Newton. And Bill Belichick was quoted as saying that Cam Newton is way ahead of where he was this time last year. Yeah, he was, or he is way ahead. Because this at this time last year, Cam Newton wasn't on a team. He is way ahead, Bill. Trust me. He is way ahead. For those who didn't know, Cam Newton signed with the Patriots on July 8th of 2020. That is exactly, I believe, uh, 20, or no, 25 days ahead if, from today at this moment. So if he, yeah, he, he's way ahead of schedule. This time last year, he didn't know a single Patriots play. He didn't know how to call him. So, I don't doubt that he's way ahead. I get what Bill was saying, and I'm not shocked about it. I do, like, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to give Cam Newton any hate at all. Or Bill Belichick. Uh, I know what he's trying to do. He's trying to hype up his guy and everything, and I get it. And I feel like Cam Newton kind of deserves the hype a little bit, even though... People are giving him a lot of heat for how a video that surfaced of him throwing two bad incompletions in practice in the rain uh, look. And then them saying how I, there's been this video has been surfacing all over Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And it's always captioned with how's Cam Newton really going to lose his starting job? to a quarterback who's wearing number 50. And it's because Mac Jones is wearing number 50 at camp right now. Now, 
if you watch that video, Cam Newton is slinging the ball in there. Yes, they're incomplete, but he is slinging them in. Mac Jones is dropping them in, and they are so soft of passes that they would be intercepted. Myself, a person who never played NCAA or played it in the college college football or pro football, clearly, would be able to intercept it. You would be able to intercept it. Uh, a high schooler could intercept the balls that Mac Jones are throw, were, was throwing in th- these videos. So, for those people who are hating on Cam Newton, stop. Cam Newton is not a bad quarterback. Now watch, Cam Newton's going to make me regret saying that halfway through the season. No, but seriously, Cam Newton is a very solid to above average quarterback. And for anyone who doesn't believe me on that, look at his weapons last year. He had Julian Edelman for, I think, seven weeks of the season. Who other than Julian Edelman did he have? I will wait for you guys to think about that. Go ahead, think. I know there's probably some Patriots fans going, oh, we had Sony Michelle, you know, all, all these other players. It's like the Patriots have no one on their, or had no one on their offense that scared them. Now they've surprised, surpri- <laughs> supplied him with some weapons. The Patriots went out and they signed a lot of players in free agents or in free agency and both offense and defense they're going to be better than what they were last year trust me on that they are going to be a lot better they went and signed nelson aguilar who a lot of people will probably still kind of have the image of the, in their head of nelson aguilar with the eagles where he did not play well but he played pretty damn well last year with the raiders nelson aguilar they got tight end Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith. Two very good tight ends. And we all remember how Rob Gronkowski looked in a New England system. And not trying to like have anyone laugh about this or make any snarky comment, but Aaron Hernandez really killed that tight end when he played in the NFL. He, he played very well. He was definitely a top 10 tight end, probably more of a top five tight end when he played with the Patriots. And that's what the Patriots, I feel like, are kind of trying to do here. They got two very good tight ends who both can stretch the field, who are both pretty solid at run, blo- run blocking, They have Nelson Aguilar, who, don't get me wrong, isn't going to make defenses afraid uh, or keep defensive players afraid and stay up at night thinking of how are they going to stop Nelson Aguilar. But it's a weapon. It's a weapon that he can use. They still have James White. They do have Sonny Michelle. And, you know, I, I think that, I think that if uh, Cam Newton, I think Cam Newton knows that if he doesn't perform well this year, 
he's going to be just a backup at most for the rest of his career. And I I don't think he'll disappoint. I think he's going to be doing very well. I think he's going to end up starting for the Patriots. It's another year in the Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels system that he, like, like I said in the beginning of the segment, last year, even, even though Bill Belichick said, oh, he's way farther in the head than what he was last year at this point. Yeah, he is because he wasn't even at camp at this point. He wasn't on the team. And you got to think last year, there was all the COVID restrictions. I don't think, if I recall correctly, they didn't have mini camp last year. So Cam Newton was learning an offensive playbook, one that is very sophisticated under Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick, that was probably extremely hard to learn, even for someone like Cam Newton, who has won an MVP, has been the number one player in football. That's what the MVP is, the number one player in football. And, I mean, it, it. I just believe he's going to really excel this year. And I think he's going to prove a lot of doubters wrong and everything. Like, he, he's going to show, uh, he's going to show why Bill Belichick, like, Bill Belichick won't just re-sign Cam Newton. Like, he's not going to go, oh, he, you know, he's really good for the team. No, Bill Belichick wants winners on his team. He wants players who are going to contribute to the winning cause. And if Cam Newton wasn't able to do that, he wouldn't be on the team. So I'm going to leave you with that. I hope you guys have a great week. We will see you again on Friday. Until then, like I said, have a great week. Bye-bye.